This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Building a Better Life. In these lessons, Pastor Rick dives into the Bible and shows us how God can take a difficult situation and use it to help you build a better future. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get a hardcover copy of Pastor Rick's wonderful book, The Purpose of Christmas, just in time for the season. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called Doing a Reset for a Better Life. One of the big differences between successes in life and failures in life, or for that matter, the difference between living a good life and living the better life is that people who live the better life do a better job of using their time. People who live the better life do a better job of using their time. Why? Because time is your most precious resource. Your time is your life. If you waste time, you're wasting your life because you're never getting that back. Time is your most precious commodity, not money, time. Why? Because you can always get more money, but you can't always get more time. We, everybody here, we all have the exact same amount of time, 168 hours a week. And the difference between people who live a good life, people who live the better life, people who live the better life make a better use of that 168 hours a week. You know, one time I was talking to Bill Gates at a conference, and I asked him, I said, Bill, you, you know, at that time he's the wealthiest man in the world, I said, how do you use your money? He said, Rick, the best use of money is use it to save time. I go, that's brilliant. It's brilliant, why? Because you can get more money, but you can't get more time. And so if it, one of the ways, good ways to use money is to use it to save time. Time is your most precious resource. Now, here's a prayer that you can pray every day. Psalm 90, verse 12. Lord, teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. By the way, how does God teach you to make the most of your time? This book right here, the more you get in this book, the more you apply the principles, if you'll practice the principles of God's word, you'll waste less time, okay? That's one habit. Second habit, first is manage my time. Second habit is living on purpose. And that's the next verse, living on purpose. We call it purpose-driven living. I don't care what you call it, just do it. Proverbs 17, 24 says this. An intelligent person aims, aims, that's purpose-driven, at wise actions, that you, you, you work intentionally with your life. But a fool starts off how? I can't hear you, how? In many directions, in many directions. Friends, as your pastor who loves you, the last thing I want you to do is with all the newfound freedom, when all of a sudden all the restaurants are open and everything, all the events are open and everything is open and we're all freed up again and we're not restricted, is to go out and fill your life with a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. You, you gotta eliminate the non-essentials, but then you have to focus and excel on the essentials, what really does matter. They, they're complementary. And you do that by managing your time and living on purpose. Now, 
you know, it might be a good thing to do to go back and retake the purpose-driven classes. Some of you haven't taken them in months or maybe even years. This would be a good time for a refresher course, to go back, take 101, 201, 301, 401. Take the classes which define and describe how to live a life of intention, how to live a life of purpose, how to not head off in all directions, but to focus on the thing that God says matters. God has five purposes for your life. Not 10, not two, not one. God has five purposes for your life. And we've got a class on those purposes. And so I'm just telling you as your friend and as your pastor, as somebody who loves you, I'm begging you that as the freedoms become more available again, don't just refill and repack your schedule with activities simply because you're free to do it. Leave some margin in your schedule. Do not rejoin the rat race that you have not had to be a part of for the last year, okay? Don't head off as many directions. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Now, here's the third habit, okay? The third habit that goes along with, uh, you know, focusing on what, excelling at what really matters, manage my time, live on purpose, number three, third habit, Choose good priorities. The Bible has a lot to say about this. I'm only going to give you one verse. I could give you hundreds of verses on choosing priorities wisely. But I love the story of how one time Jesus is visiting his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Martha's more worried about the meal than spending time with Jesus. And she actually complains to her sister about not helping her, okay? And, and gen, uh, Jesus gently corrects her. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42, Jesus says this, and I want you to hear the compassion in his voice. My dear friend Martha, 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 my dear friend Martha, you worry and you fuss over so many different little things, but really, only one thing is essential. Circle that. Only one thing is essential. Only one thing is essential. And Mary has selected it. What had Mary selected? Spending time with Jesus. So here's the question. Is spending time with Jesus the top priority in your schedule? Because if it's not, you're never going to move from the good life to the better life. To move from the good life to the better life, you have to spend time with Jesus. It should be number one on your to-do list. Is it? No, probably not. On your to-do list for Monday morning, Jesus, spend time with Jesus is probably not on that list. I suggest that you start making it your number one on your list. Excel at what really matters. Manage my time, live on purpose, and choose God's priorities. Only one thing is essential, and that is spending time with Jesus. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. If you've missed any part of today's teaching, you can listen online anytime at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Let the true reason for the season fill your heart with hope this year when you discover Pastor Rick's inspirational book, The Purpose of Christmas. 
In it, Rick shows you how Christmas is designed to meet your three deepest needs and how receiving the three Christmas gifts God has for you will transform your life forever. This book is sure to become a beloved family favorite to be read every Christmas and to be shared with your friends who may not know how much God loves them. We'll send you the inspiring and beautifully illustrated book, The Purpose of Christmas, as our way of saying thanks when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the certain hope of Jesus to people around the world. To get your copy of this great resource, just go to PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. There's only two days left to get the Purpose of Christmas book, so don't wait. Once again, here's Rick. Here's the third principle. Embrace the new things God does. Embrace the new things that God does. Now, I chose that word embrace intentionally because embrace means more than just agree with it, uh, to grudgingly accept it. To embrace means to be content with it. It means to even love it. You don't embrace things you don't love. So what I'm saying here is you not only accept the new things that are happening in God's world, in God's church, in God's family, in your family, in your life, but you actually learn to love them. You need to embrace what God does. Embrace, be content, even love it. Parents, when your kids were growing up, did they change? Of course they changed, radically changed. Think of the change between one year and three year. Think of the change between three years and five years, and think of the years between five and 10, and on and on and on. All of the changes that your kids went through. When your kids were going through all those changes, did you stop loving your kids when they stopped being infants? No, no. You loved them at each stage of their growth. Not every stage is fun. Junior high years, it was like hell years, okay? Everything seems like it's a national problem, okay? Okay, and broken hearts and everything is a life or death situation. But you know what? You loved them in their junior high years. And in fact, for your kids to not have changed and not have grown would mean one thing, tragedy. And God says the same thing about you. Now, I want to just be frank with you, as again, as your pastor who loves you, your friend, I'm praying for you, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you through this, this difficult time, and I would say this, read my lips, life's never going back to the way it was a year ago. I hate to let you down, I hate to tell you that, but it's not going back to the way that it was. Everything has changed, including you. The past is past. You can't go backwards in life. You can only go forward. And so you, you can't go back. We can't go backwards. So really, what we all have is two choices. 
we either A, complain and grumble and long for the way it was a year ago, or B, we get on with life. That's it. Because all the complaining, all the grumbling, and all the regretting, and all the moaning is not going to go back to the way it was. Grumbling won't change anything. It's over. On top of that, when you read this book, when you read scriptures, you realize that God is a God of newness. He's always doing new things. His mercies are new every morning. He doesn't do the same thing, same old, same on. And if you want to live the better life, then you're going to need to cooperate with the new things, the new things that God is going to do in your life, the new things God is going to do in this church, the new things God is going to do in your family, in your career, in your friends, the new thing God is going to do in in the world. God is a God of newness. And we have to cooperate with the new things God wants to do. Here's what scripture says, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Lord says, forget the former things. Wow. And don't dwell on the past. Instead, look at the new things I'm going to do. I'm going to do. Look at the new things I'm going to do. They're already starting to happen. Can you see what I've begun to do? Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle the word look, and I want you to circle the word see. He says, look for the new things I'm going to do and see what I've already begun to do. Why does he say that? Before you can embrace before you can embrace the new things God is doing in your life and around you, you have to see them first. You have to see the new things that God is doing. Can you see it? Can you see it? Are you looking for it? Well, you're not looking for it if you're always looking backwards. And if right now you're still looking back to wishing it was the way it was a year ago or more than a year ago, years ago, Why can't we go back to that era of my life? Why can't we go back to that time in my life? Why? Because we can't. That's why. We can't. And always longing for the past and glorifying the past and dreaming of the past and wishing for the past is like driving a car where you're always looking in the rear view mirror and never looking out the windshield, if you're always looking in the rear view mirror, you're going to crack up. You're going to crash. You're going to burn. You're going to have an accident. You can't move forward in life longing for, I wish you were like that era of my life. Now, let me just say, it's, I've said this in the last two messages too. It's okay to grieve your losses. And every one of us have had major losses. I've had some enormous losses, personal losses in my life in the last year. Like Kay's mom, for one thing. John Baker, Pastor John Baker. And so many other dear friends. And we've all lost friends, relatives. Some people have lost jobs, lost opportunities lost income. Grief is the only legitimate, healthy way to handle a loss. But you need to learn how to grieve while you're keeping your eyes focused on what God wants to do next. And you need to embrace the new things that God does.
I often pray a simple prayer that goes like this. Uh, God, I know you're going to do some really great new things today in the world. I would like for you to give me the privilege of being in on some of what you're going to do. I don't ever pray, God bless what I'm doing. I never pray that prayer, God bless what I'm doing. What I pray is, God, help me to do what you're blessing. You're doing stuff in the world right now. I, I volunteer, I'm in, I want to get in on it. I'm volunteering for the future, whatever future you have for me. I'm signing up right now. I'm volunteering. I'm in. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle, dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be right back to close out our time today. But first, for some of us, Christmas can bring up feelings of sadness, discontent, and regret. And that can make it really hard to get into the spirit of the season. Because of this, Rick wants you to have this beautifully illustrated book he's written called the Purpose of Christmas. Here's Rick with more. Have you noticed that people are more open to talking about Jesus at Christmas than at any other time of the year? Regardless of their religious background or their problems or the circumstances, everybody needs to know that Jesus loves them, that Christmas means that God has a plan for their life and that God is with us. So this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to share the story of Christmas with your family your friends, and your neighbors. Now, one of the ways you can do this is through a little book I wrote called The Purpose of Christmas. It explains the true meaning of Christmas and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And when you give somebody a copy of The Purpose of Christmas, it's going to start a conversation with them about Jesus and about the purpose of his love and the purpose for their lives. You can invite them to a Christmas Eve service at your church. This month, I'd like to send you a copy of this book, The Purpose of Christmas. You can read it. You can pass it on to a friend who needs to know the true meaning. This book is sure to become a beloved family favorite, to be read every Christmas and be shared with your friends who may not know how much God loves them. We'll send you a hardcover copy of the inspiring and beautifully illustrated book, The Purpose of Christmas, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the certain hope of Jesus to people around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word daily to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.